What's going on, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday. It's January 18th, and we're going to Denmark for this podcast. Well, the band is from Denmark. I'm still here at my home in the United States, but man, you guys are going to want to check out this one. But before we get jumping into it, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, you know, we're into January already. And if you're still on the New Year's resolution kick of, you know, yeah, we're hitting the gym, we're going to get healthy. Fantastic. Keep it up. But, you know, as time goes on, you're going to want to make sure you see some of those gains. You want to see them strong muscles. Yeah. You want to see the cardio increase. You're going to want to see you be able to, you know, run faster, jump higher, PF flyer style. So you're going to make sure you properly recover right and prepare right. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes with different supplements, such as pre-workouts, both, you know, stimulant and stim-free stuff. I use stim-free stuff because... I mean, you guys see me on this podcast. I'm energetic as enough as it is, and I really don't need the extra stimulants. BCAA recovery compounds, proteins for your morning, nighttime, and post-workout, creatines, multivitamins, anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness will help you out with. Our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at checkout fnxfit.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, our second sponsor is Custom Debut. So, we had so much great music come out in 2021. We had even more music coming out in 2022. And if you want to commemorate, we you know something from your favorite artist, your favorite song, your favorite album, whatever it is, that's where custom debuts comes in. So what you do is you give them an artist and you give them either a song or an album from that artist and they will create a very own custom poster for you specifically around that. What they'll do is they'll take their your idea and they'll give you a custom poster with a proof of a print within 48 hours. And then this is the best part. The custom part comes in where you're able to make as many edits as you want going forward. So if you don't like the way that the track list is displayed, you don't like the way that the Almar work is displayed, heck, you can give them notes and they will come back to you with another proof. And when you're ready and set and ready to go, that's when you make it happen. You can get those prints on you know, your normal poster paper, museum paper, a canvas print, or even cooler, an aluminum metal sign, baby. You can get those at uh, customdebuts.com. Our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Link description below. So you want to be the coolest person, the coolest rec room, coolest, you know, studio, have a great poster up there, or just be the coolest person in the office with an Ice Nine Kills poster that you made yourself. That's where Custom Debuts comes in. But now on our feature presentation. So thanks to our friends at Adam Splitter PR and Arising Empire. They sent over this band called Cold Night for Alligators. Their brand new album called The Hindsight Notes comes out on February 4th. And, well, I wasn't really sure what to make of it. Progressive metal with a forward-thinking attitude? Okay, what am I getting myself into? What is this going to entail? I don't really know. But I got to sit down and speak with Nikolai, the drummer for the band. We got to talk about how the band came up with this album how they've been waiting on this one for a while, and how just the weight has actually made this album hit so much harder in a style of, you know, its concepts, its meaning, based on what's happened over the past 13 months. On top of that, we go into a couple other cool things, such as a saxophone solo, a new metal inspiration, and just how this song called Verism flows so nicely that you're going to want to check out this album, especially if you like the album such as, let's say, Swan Songs by The Plot and You. You like that album? You're going to want to check out the Hindsight Notes by Cold Night for Alligators. But before you check out that album when it comes out on February 4th, get ready for it with us right here on the Core Progression Podcast with Nikolai from Cold Night for Alligators. So are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! 
well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I have never recorded with a band from Denmark, which is absolutely incredible that I get a chance to do this. Thanks to Adam Slater PR with their connection with the Rising Empire. They sent me a notice on this band. I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at this. Forward-thinking progressive metal. At this point, I had no idea what to expect. This band has their brand new album called The Hindsight Notes coming out on February 4th of 2022. So please welcome Nikolai from the band Cold Night for Alligators. So Nikolai, welcome to the Court Progression Podcast. Woo! Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on, man. Yeah. How's it, how's everything going over in Denmark? You know, now that we're into 2022, you got the new album coming out. How's everything going on your end? Well, it's uh, you know, it's it's a little weird because we're busy with the release and we still really don't know how it's going to look right with the restrictions. But it, it's easing up, and I think we're we are starting to get a little more hopeful than uh, than we thought we would. Uh, <laughs> We would have reason to write because, I don't know, uh, it looks like we'll be able to go come out and push it. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I would say we're keeping busy and uh, looking forward to finally sharing this. I'm looking forward to see what happens when people finally get their hands on it because I will not lie, the note I got from Amsplit or PR when they sent this over, they're like, this is a brand new band with the Rise Empire. We're not necessarily sure what's going on here, but we want to give you guys a look at them to see what's going on. I'm like, okay, I want to take a look at this because, again, I have no idea what to expect, and sometimes the best surprises come out of nowhere. And after listening to the album once through, I'm just like, we got to make this happen. We have to do this. So I'm excited to talk about them, and also glad that maybe, well, hopefully I should say, restrictions will be lifting and will be easing as the album releases and as those shows that you have planned coming up are getting Mm -hmm. closer because especially since March of 2020 with everything going on with live music, with sometimes it comes back, then the restrictions happen, all these different variants with the coronavirus. Mm. I'm not going to lie. It's been kind of troubling where we all just want to go out and see live music. You want to go out and play live music. You want to go out and perform. We want to see you perform. We want to have a great time and stupid yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you, man. Uh, a little, a little backstory. We actually, uh, we finished the album in December one year ago and then we uh, we shipped it around signed with the arising guys in in january and we agreed we were talking about timelines with them so we just they just said all right they want to be you know really on the conservative side really we'll, we'll push it a year so we're sure that we'll have things will probably it looks like it might be easing up and uh, in, in a year from now and uh, yeah now we are a year from now and we still don't really know right <laughs> or a year from then so uh, yeah, I guess it's it's just time to unleash it, right? Because uh, we've done all we can, and uh, we're just really stoked to hear what the rest of the world thinks. It's not just us now, bubble <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Very yeah. true. And when it comes to the uh, rising empire, with them wanting to play it more conservatively, I totally mm-hmm. understand that because when it comes mm-hmm. to some of the bands that were releasing things, especially you know twenty twenty and early twenty twenty one there were no live shows in sight. So it, there was yeah. going to be really no way to promote an album like that. I'll use trivium as an example for this because they released their uh, album. What the dead men say back mm-hmm. in April of 2020. And they recently released in the court of a dragon in October mm-hmm. of 2021. So that mm-hmm. album and at least in 2020 really had no like live show uh, support really had no tour mm-hmm. support from them because Nothing else was going on, and I feel like that album kind of got a little bit lost in the shuffle, despite the fact that it is one hell of an album. It's one of my favorite, it's probably my favorite Trivium album up to date, so I totally understand where they were coming from, wanting to play this more conservative, so that when the album was released, hopefully 
the coronavirus uh, pandemic was under control. Live shows were going on full force without any restrictions, without any potential postponements or cancellations, so that when you release the album, you could really hit the ground running with it for a worldwide, uh, worldwide release. Yeah, and especially, you know, with like touring opportunities, we're not a huge band, right? So uh, like in the, at the outset of 21, we were all looking at, you know, all these tours had been postponed a year. So everything was just like fully booked and you were fighting over festival slots if you were releasing something. So we just figured, all right, we'll sit, sit this year out, right? And then uh, things will maybe have cleared up a little bit because it looked like tours were going to come back in 21. And now we're <laughs> looking into 22 where a lot of this the stuff of, from 21 has ended up being, you know, yeah, postponed a year more. So it's sort of the same situation. And even uh, I was like, even something the stuff from 2020 was even postponed into yeah, 2022. Yeah. Now I've seen tours that were supposed to happen in 2020 now postponed to 2023. And I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, why? Yeah. We were talking to this German festival promoter uh, and he was just like, yeah, we for 22, right. 75% of the bill is just the, the 2020 lineup. That's still, uh, <laughs> that's been sticking around, right. <laughs> Hoping to actually get to play a festival. Yeah. That's it. Uh, are you guys playing any festivals for the 2022 season or is it something where all those bands that had been originally on the lineups for like 2020 and 2021 have covered those slots? So the competition to get there in those potential open slots was, might've been too much. Yeah, I, we definitely are. And we have, we, uh, we have a couple of confirmed, some of them have been announced, some of them haven't, and we're working on more. So I don't really want to, want to get too, uh, uh, I don't want to be pre premature on, on announcing anything. Uh, unfortunately, nothing in the States for you guys yet. But uh, in Europe, we're definitely we're going to at least the UK, Germany and uh, the, ne the Netherlands. We have confirmed shows, but uh, we're looking to uh, go go further than that, if at all possible, with this record. So uh, we're, we're hard at work. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I hope you go further than that. And I understand where when it comes to the festivals, there are some that are announced, some that aren't announced, and you don't want to yeah. make any sort of announcement because it's not confirmed. I totally understand that. However, for the fans and for everyone listening, when it comes to trying to find Cold Night, or Cold Night for Alligators on a festival lineup in Europe in 2022, mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is just you know pay attention. Follow them online. Follow yeah. all these different festivals online because when the lineup's released, just take a look and see where they pop up. Yeah, I can. We are, we are, we have all the usual uh, social media platforms, right? And we're definitely uh, will will yell about it as soon as we have anything, because we're just yeah, you know, you know, we're we are staffed for it at this point. <laughs> also, just you know, Denmark's a pretty small country, and the only shows that have been happening the last two years from us have been within Denmark. So we like nothing against the, the people that come to our shows in Denmark. Right, it's all great, but it's not really what we do this for. It's to to get further out, get abroad, uh, see new places. Absolutely, and during the past couple of years too, when you were able to play live shows that were just in yeah. Denmark, you were able to build up that you know your hometown audience, your home country audience, that local audience. Because yeah, Denmark is not the biggest country out there, so you're going to want to be able to expand outward into the rest of Europe, and then and come across the Atlantic Ocean, come over here to the U.S. and expand over here. And I totally understand that, but the importance of building up that local audience, that, you know, hometown, that home country audience is important as well, because it helps get the word, the word out around the band. It helps get people to listen to the band because now you have a fever amount of fans that are going to be feverishly just talking about the band online that are going to be constantly referring the band to their friends all across the world. So 
it helps to build up that base. So then when you go out other places, you can just, instead of trying to build a whole different fan base, you're basically just expanding on what you what you had at home. Yeah, yeah. And we definitely do. We love playing at home. And I think we've actually refocused a little bit these last couple of years to actually maybe try because we've released, we've been active for quite a few years and we've released two albums. And we sort of gave up on building a an audience in our home country pretty early and focused a lot on especially the UK. Uh, because that's where we seem to just honestly get more of a response. I would say our impression of the Danish metal scene is that, you know, it's pretty small. It's leaning pretty, you know, conservative. And we're sort of a weird, I don't know, old prog metal band, right? So we didn't really feel like there was much of an audience for what we do. But uh, I think we're, see we're seeing, seeing some positive results. We're actually, we're doing a full Danish run as well. So we'll, we'll get it, get it covered pretty thoroughly and then try to uh, yeah expand beyond the, the the danish borders though i totally understand what you're saying too because after listening to the hindsight notes and listening to the rest of your music catalog as well when it comes to your style right. of metal i totally understand what you're talking about where when you're looking at you know the scandinavian countries looking at norway sweden finland and denmark the type of metal that's really popular in that area is is a little bit heavier but also more conservative than what you would expect in terms of you know you know, classic heavy metal, maybe some like death metal, that sort of stuff around there. So with you guys going with more of this progress metal, this, you know, potential alternative influence in there that pops up, mm -hmm. and especially on the hindsight notes, pops up a lot. I can see where you'd want to potentially go and try and build a fan base in other areas as well, because it, the, your music just ends up being there. You're basically following the crowd. If whoever's like your music, yeah, yeah we're going to follow them there. But then really being able to refocus and focus in on this local fan base that you have and build that up, that just adds more to it. So yeah, when you guys are end up like, you know, you're playing these shows at home in Denmark, all of a sudden everyone wants to come out and see your show and you get this mm -hmm. more potential intimate connection with your audience because you have this different connection in terms of you guys all are from here. You guys all grew up here. Let's all have a good time at the show. Yeah. But I, I think I agree with you, but it's also like we want to try and avoid the, because Denmark's also, you know, it's a small country and there's like one major city, which is Copenhagen, where we, where most of us live. And uh, we don't want to be too much of a, you know, a, a hometown band, right? We want to, we want to be a little picky about how much we play at home because, you know, people get tired of you there as well. And uh, you could sort of take it for granted uh, if you, uh, if you overplay, I'd say. Uh, but you know, again, the, again, these last few years, we've just taken anything we've been offered, right? That's <laughs> and it's understandable too. What you want to do is you want to find that balance, and it seems like you did starting out by focusing on your fans outside of your home country, so really focusing on the UK because that's where the band was really hitting. Then also over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, the only shows you really gonna be able to play were hometown shows. So focusing yeah. on that, you know, you're kind of leveling it back out, but you don't want to just tip the scales too much. You want to find that happy medium to where. Yeah. When you play hometown shows, people want to come and see you because they like the music. Also, they have that connection because you're all from the same place. However, you want to be able to expand further outward so that you don't feel like you're saturated in Denmark or you don't feel like you're, you know, not really growing outside. You want to make sure that you continue to grow the band and bring your music to more and more people as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's the 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 carrot. Right, this is for us doing this is, you know, just the the sheer, you know, ego boost of, you know, let's say someone in 
being booked by someone in Switzerland you've never met to go and play music you wrote yourself for strangers. That's just still so bizarre to me that you, we can actually get away with that, right? That's a, as an as an example of something like somewhere we'd like we'd have we've had good experiences going right. And I, I remember uh, a few years ago, actually right before the pandemic. We played our first show ever in the the Netherlands. We didn't really know know what to expect. It was like a small uh, two day festival. There were some pretty cool bands there actually. Uh, I think Night Versus from the US were headlining. If you're familiar with them, I am. Them. Yeah, uh, so really solid lineup. And uh, we played at three in the afternoon. Didn't really know what to expect. Uh, and there was like, it wasn't a huge room, but there was like it was it was filled, and people knew the songs right not not everyone but some some of them so we just you know went nuts because it was it, it was uh, it was such a pleasant surprise right so uh, those types of experiences they're not uh, it's not every show we play abroad definitely but uh, that's why we're, that's that's always the the thing we're hoping for right that's what keeps us going oh absolutely you're always hoping for that one moment where you get to go out on stage and you're not necessarily sure what to expect and then you look outside and the whole entire room is packed. People are singing along to the songs and you're just sitting there thinking, whoa, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that was, uh, that's always bizarre to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be, it's going to be bizarre to like anybody with the fact that at times when you first started out, you know, your first concert you played or the first show you played, you may have played only in front of a couple people. You may have only played in front of some family and friends. But as time goes on, as you continue to work on your dream of making music and doing what makes you happy, also really letting other people connect with your music and having them learn some more things about themselves while listening to your music, connecting with it in such a positive way where you go out on stage and there are people from all over the place, from your, from Denmark, from other different countries that you go and visit. People will come and mm. visit, you know, over to Europe, and all of a sudden they get to see your band. Like you never know. At that festival that you played with all those people over there, there might have been a couple people from the United States that specifically came over for that festival and found out about you guys for the first time on mm. something like that, and connected with you so positively that they might be just, you know, foaming at the mouth, waiting for February fourth when the hindsight notes comes out. Like they're probably waiting for this stuff right now. And it's all because you just kept working at it. You just kept going at it and kept connecting with people along the way. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's, you know, that's always, it's always fun, the fun to see if there's people that actually stick around where you find out they saw you at one particular thing, right? Because, you know, we're still at a level where uh, our crowd isn't that huge. We, you know, when we look at our platforms, we of course want to grow it, but you still notice people that reoccur or mention like one specific show they uh, they they picked you up at, right? And that, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's bizarre to me that, uh, yeah, oh, not bizarre, but I I just don't see it myself uh, that like, yeah, the 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 fact that someone would pick up on what we do and connect with it in a way that you know brings us actually you know a, a, a dedicated following in some uh, in some cases right that's uh, yeah it's it's pretty wondrous <laughs> but you also you, you know you get to you have to be careful because you do take it a little you can sort of fall into a trap of as soon as you've checked off something as a band that you wanted to do at least for me like you you sort of take it for granted and you're not really, you don't really, you don't really see, I don't tend to not be that good at, you know, just being 
content with the achievements once they're, they're behind us, right? So it's not really that big of a deal that we did something that was really cool at the time, right? Or something we would have loved to do uh, or would have thought that was like. For example, we played in uh, in Milan, Italy a few years ago with uh, we played with Whitechapel uh, and that was uh, sort of a fun pairing, right? Yeah. But just just sort of uh, looking back at it, you you sort of almost forget about oh yeah, how the hell did that happen? Right, <laughs> pretty cool experience. So it's it's stuff like that we want to get back to, you know, cross more stuff off the list, uh, even stuff we didn't know were on the list, right? That's, uh, well, I understand that we want you want to have those moments where you have those things you want to do, you have those experiences you want to have as a band, you have those shows you want to play as a band. And you mm-hmm. kind of have the list out there and you start checking off the list of, okay, I want to, you know, play with this band. We want to play here, do all these different things. Even for the podcast itself with myself, that I've got a list of artists that's like, I would love to have them on the podcast. And it's going to be cool to see a time where all of a sudden I check them off. But then I think about some of the ones I've had on. I'm like, I became fans of these bands since I started doing this. And mm-hmm. now I've had them on here. Like, that's a cool thing to remember and check off. And it, it helps where, you know, I still want to, you know, get to that one point, but it's mm-hmm. also cool to reflect back and see how far it actually similar to your band as well, where you're taking a look at all the things you want to do, all the things you want to accomplish, but then you're able to potentially take a step back, look back and reflect on, Hey, we played with white chapel Milan. Remember how cool that was. It's all mm-hmm. about being able to put everything in a perspective to where you want to be able to move forward and you want to be able to just keep growing and growing, but also being able to appreciate everything you've done so far and be able to reflect back and put the proper amount of, weight and put the proper amount of just I'm trying to think of another great way to put it the proper amount of uh, significance yes proper amount of significance on what actually happened and putting the context what it happened using the one with Whitechapel. i mean Whitechapel is a rather large band not gonna lie mm-hmm. and being able to play with them a couple years ago you must be it's you know at the right now it's like yeah that happened a couple of years ago so it doesn't have as much significance now when you think about it and because it's happened a little bit a while ago, but when you put it back into the context of when you guys actually did it, how much it meant to you, the significance begins to increase once again so that you really appreciate the things that you've done. So you can further appreciate where you're going to get, where you're going to end up going as you continue your career. Yeah, exactly, man. Like I remember it doesn't like it's, it's a few years ago now, but you know, it doesn't feel like that long ago. I was wondering, well, Oh, it would be cool to you know get to do like a full length album at some point because you know that I hadn't done that and that's you know that was obviously before this band but those are like now I've you know I've done two and like the last one is even like it's a year and a half since I actually recorded the drums right so it feels like oh it's I don't even it just feels like uh, yeah of course that's uh, <laughs> that's what I do now right and uh, yeah it's 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 good to reflect on that uh, because you, you know, you take it for granted if you just, uh, of course you have to, you want to forge your head and, you know, set new goals, right? But uh, you have to, uh, I think there's been a lot of time to, you know, <laughs> reflect these last uh, couple of years with, uh, you know, what's, what, why, when you're missing all the stuff you used to take for granted, right? So try to learn from that. Oh, absolutely. And then now jumping into the new album, the hindsight notes, yeah. honestly, just the name of it with how we're talking and with everything that's yeah. happened in the past couple of years, even with the fact that you guys are ready to, you know, had this all complete, ready to go in December of 2020, everything that's happened over the past 13 months as well. Yeah. W- this seems like it's just like the perfect 
microcosm of everything due to take a look at, you know, hindsight, you're looking back and you're learning from the past. So when you guys were completing this in December of 2020, we had nine months of the pandemic where everything was shut down. We had no idea when live music would come back. We had no idea when anything was going to come back to normal. And then over the mm-hmm. past 13 months while you've been waiting on it, honestly, after listening to it, the album, especially with its themes, seems so much stronger based on just waiting that those 13 months playing it conservatively because of how powerful everything has uh, influenced us, how everything has happened, especially worldwide with the pandemic. Since mm. I mean, you guys were completed with this, ready to roll up in December of 2020. Mm. Yeah, or 21. To be, I don't know if it's oh. uh, yeah. So, so yeah, one, one year ago, right? That's uh, oh, I guess that was December 2020. I'm bad with uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> got it wrong in my head. Yeah, but but completely like, and I'm still you know I've sat with it with like before that we spent a long time writing it, then six months or so recording and producing it. And uh, we've sat with it for a year now, creating music videos. Uh, and I'm not sick of the songs yet, so I think that's uh, that's a pretty good sign. Because I remember for the, the the previous album, we did one in '18 called uh, "Fervor." Uh, I remember even as I was recording the album, some of the songs, my feeling was sort of like, you know, they were filler. I was thinking, all right. I'll never play this song again, and that's that's fine. That's just you know, I, 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 that wasn't the whole album, right? But there was there were songs that just didn't speak to me, and that's not really the case with this one. And I know that's such a cliche <laughs> because you're always most excited about the new stuff, right? But I, I feel like it's different, and I also feel like we were more thorough when writing this, and we also threw out some really good stuff uh, writing this because, you know, it had to be the correct statements, right? It had to make sense, uh, in the, you know, in the context, context of, uh, you know, the whole collection of songs. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I understand what you're talking about where when you're recording the last one, it's there's some songs you just didn't fully connect with. And that happens. That happens to everybody. That's not something that's going to be just unique to you. Anybody in the music industry, when you're recording things, you might not just not connect with the song that you end up writing as much as you did when you wrote it. So it's not going to have a potential full feel. And of course, with you guys, you know, working on this one, have been working on it for quite some time, being able to still connect with every single song that you've worked with. And I think a lot of that has to do with the underlying theme and everything we've gone through in the past two years and how this album has has even, like I said, has grown in significance from the meaning just based on what's happened since you were done with it and sent it and up till its release. Because so many things have happened that, you know, we're still looking back. We're still trying to learn from the past, from everything, and potentially trying to learn from, okay, maybe some misconnections, maybe some different things, problems we're having with, you know, family, friends, Mm -hmm. ourselves, everything around that. It's a huge reflection moment. And we are still going through that because of everything that is happening over the past two years. All the different changes we've seen, all the different impacts it's had on us as people, as a society, as an entire world all the impacts that it's had. That's why I think you're not tired of this album because there's so many different connection points in every single song that's there that it's really hard to just not feel the emotion behind it and not understand where these songs are coming from. So you listen, you play them, you're going to feel them every single time. Yeah, I've, you know, I I still do, man. But yeah, good, good to hear that uh, <laughs> you see something in it as well. Yeah, because it's sort of funny because it's not really especially lyrically, it was mostly wrapped up 
a lot of it before or just at the start of the pandemic where we didn't really know how bad it was going to get right so thematically it's not really about the whole shit show of the last couple of years but but you know looking at it it's not i was doing another interview yesterday and we we're talking about it's like it's it's really not a very <laughs> metal theme because it's basically about uh, about growing up and maturing uh you know lyrically but uh, and about you know it's a really personal record so there's a lot of like personal stories that's that went into it but it's also about learning from that and getting by and you know keeping uh, you know keeping your uh, keep moving forward right and and doing what you can with what you with the baggage you uh, you come with and uh, yeah there's been a lot of that <laughs> You know, trying to accept what you can't change and what you have to go without, uh, whether it's big things or small things these last couple of years for everyone globally, which is, you know, obviously pretty unique. Oh, it's absolutely unique. And I think the biggest reason why, I mean, I keep talking about some stuff or the stuff or stuff that's happened over the past years or reflecting on this album, mm -hmm. even though a lot of it that might not have been rooted in that. But if you mm. think about it, when you look at the base of it, you said growing up, reflecting and learning to, you know, move forward with things that you can't control and focus on the things that you can control and influence and figure out, you know, maybe where you went wrong on certain things, growing up, mm. learning from those experiences, potentially how to move forward from or make them right. When we take a look at what's happened during the pandemic as well, of course, I related to it because that's what we've been going through the past two years. Mm. But when you take a look at the core meaning of these songs, the core emotion of the album it all boils down to that theme of reflection, growing up and moving forward. It all reflects on that maturing mm -hmm. in a way. So, of course, that's why I think a lot of people are going to connect. A lot of people are really feeling it because we've done so much over the past two years. Even when it was written, it really wasn't written for that purpose. But just based on the way the world works and based on how our mind works, this album will end up having more of a timeless feel to it based off of something like that. Yeah, I hope that definitely that's of course that should be the that the ambition, right? But obviously, uh, I don't I didn't write the lyrics, but we've talked a lot about it, and obviously, since a lot of it's quite personal, we we know a lot about the background, and uh, yeah, there's been oh what the, what the hell was my point? Yeah, it's it's if you want to make something really personal, uh, if you do it well, you can make that you, it should be kind of universal because you know we're not that. We're not that different in terms of you know what we worry about, and what we what we're concerned with, how we compare ourselves to others, right? And what uh, what we want to achieve. Uh, it might be different things, but the mechanics of it, how you how you deal with setbacks, or all positive changes, right? It's, it if you make it personal and you're honest about it, it can be pretty universal and and hopefully meaningful. Uh, I totally agree with you there. If you're able to make it personal and put a lot of the things that you went through in there while not going, you know, overly specific on it, because you go overly specific, especially with the meaning, the lyrics, the issue yeah. comes with, unless you went exactly through the exact same thing, you're not going to relate to it. But if you use more metaphors on it and really go personal on it, what happens is as a listener, from my perspective, I end up boiling it down to what's the base emotion? What's the core emotion? What's the core message of the song? But mm -hmm. when it comes to it, then all of a sudden, as I'm listening to it, I understand that emotion. I understand that feeling. I end up putting more of myself and what I went through into the song so that 
I relate to it in a complete I relate to it in a completely different way than whoever wrote it than you or than you do as well because we've all gone through different things in life. We've all experienced different things, but we all know what that emotion, we all know what that feeling feels like that's at the core of the song. So that's how everything connects and that's how it makes it universal. That's how I always look at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely it came through. There's a lot of turbulence in our lives and we've sort of, you know, been uh uh this whole project uh, it's the band and the record has sort of been a stabilizing force i think for some of us it, it's kind of a nice constant to have that you have these uh you know these dudes that uh <laughs> you you owe them your time and your commitment right because you said you'd uh, you'd see this through you, you and we'd make something good together right uh yes yeah, so that's been really good to to lean against and even like from from another perspective while also still working with you know bands like yourself as well from my end during this whole entire pandemic period was when I really started interviewing artists for a podcast and yeah. it's, it has brought a little bit of a sense of normalcy because I get to talk to people about music, yeah. I talk to people about their music, what they love about it, what they're passionate about it, and really go deep into some of the songs and some of the albums that they make as well. Like I would do if I was at a concert and just talking with mm-hmm. random people about music and just having a great time. But of course, in mm-hmm. 2020, that got taken away from. So this was a, like my semblance of normalcy for a, a while. Then all of a sudden concerts started coming back and well, I kind of merged the two together. So it's just like, yay, woohoo, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you got some new perspectives, right? Yeah. But, but so concerts, are, are they they're fully back in the US? I'm guessing there's differences between states. Um, so just from from what I understand right now, the way it is is concerts pretty much are fully back. The difference between states is just the different sort of restrictions that are in place when it comes to attending them there are some places that still require masks there are some places that require uh proof of vaccination there are some places that don't it all depends upon not just the state but also the city and the venue itself so it's kind of like anytime i go to a concert i have to check up and see exactly what is required of me to go to the show so usually what i do is i just play it safe it's like if i'm going to a show i'll go to a show but i'll have in my pockets i'll have the vaccination record for, with me i'll have a mask with me so if all of a sudden i go there it's like okay you need this and this and this i've got it covered if i don't need it who cares i still have it if i need it yeah exactly yeah you know you you've you've all learned to know where uh, I don't know if that's a, that's a thing in English, but uh, in dangerous say uh, belt belt and suspenders, right? Better safe than sorry. You don't want to miss out on the cool show because you you, you thought you could get by with less. Pretty much, yeah. yeah uh, of course. Know, yeah, even sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, and just you know, my myself as a concert goer as well. I'm just not taking anything for granted, right? I have. Uh, I have tickets to see a UF band called uh, Cult of Luna from uh, Sweden. I have don't listen, but I have heard of them. Like a postman, they're really good. And then I'm seeing uh, I have tickets for Tool in April as well here in Denmark. <laughs> nice. So right now I'm really anxious to see if that'll that'll happen at all, right? Uh, so yeah, definitely not taking it for granted if if it actually if I actually get to go. That's uh, we'll see. Uh-oh. Oh, absolutely. If you if you get a chance to go, don't take it for granted, especially what we all experienced over the past couple of years. Because even mm-hmm. for myself as well, it's once I saw live shows are coming back, I told myself, okay, don't go too crazy. Don't, you know, spend way too much money on live shows. Even though I know you love them, don't do it. Right after I said that, I thought to myself, I'm definitely not going to listen to that. Like, this is, like, I'm not taking this for granted. This is what I love to do. This is where I love to be. So, 
it, back in, you know, I think it was September and October of 2021. It was not weird for me to go to two or three shows a week. It's oh. just, there were so many shows that were happening. I, I didn't want to miss out on them. So I'm like, okay, go here, go here, go here. All of a sudden when April in 2022 rolls around, it's like within the span of like 10 days, it's, I can go see Amity Affliction. I can go see Ice Nine Kills Emotions in White twice. Hmm. I can go and see Fozzie. I can go and see Polaris and like Moss to Flames. This is all in the span of 10 days. It's just, hmm. I know what 2020 was like. I know what the beginning of 2021 was like. There is no way I'm taking this for granted, even if I have to travel, you know, 100 plus miles to see a couple of these shows. I'm making it happen because I'm not mm. taking this for granted. And when it comes to your end as well, not only seeing live shows, but playing live shows, no, we no. all went through so many different things. And especially taking again, look at the hindsight notes, you're able to potentially use those songs to reflect back and remember how much of an importance those things had on your life, how much importance you had of a connection to those live shows. And you don't want to take it for granted because you know how important they were. You know what it was like to not have them. So when you go out and play there, you're going to be able to remember that and appreciate it a lot more than, you know, you potentially would have back in 2019. Yeah, definitely. This summer, uh, when, when shows were like fully non-restricted in Denmark, I also, I did a, a lot of like uh, session drumming stuff because I just got asked by some friends uh and i just yeah you know oh, shows a fucking background so i just i just said I, i'm just gonna say yes to everything so i had like two months where i was either rehearsing or playing shows every weekend and uh, you know doing my day job in between and it was just completely stressful but i was just sort of like i don't i don't even care i'll just i'll just be a bit asocial and and and, and unwind when i can right uh, because i yeah i'm not I've gone without for so long. I'm just going to appreciate it while it's here. Because we've had like the past few years, we've played some shows, but we've also had a couple of occasions where we've spent quite a bit of time preparing for some shows that were, that we, we, we were really looking forward to. And, you know, then just this November, right, we were supposed to go to Germany and the Netherlands and uh, it was canceled with a week's notice. Uh, and, and we'd spend, you know, we were completely ready, you know, book the van, the crew, we even like uh, paid for, we bought our airline tickets for, you know, our lighting engineer so he could fly to a show in uh, in Holland because, you know, to make all the different logistics work. Mm -hmm. And then we've spent all that effort and it just falls apart. Yeah. So, so if it actually, when we're actually on stage again, we're not taking it for granted. That's, uh, I think we're, we're way beyond that. Oh, I think you guys are way beyond that as well. And there was one yeah. thing you were talking about back, like you were talking about 2021, where not where you guys playing shows, but also you're doing a lot of different session drumming, helping out other people and going mm -hmm. to see shows as well, not taking it for granted. Yeah, you know, it, it, you got your day job. I had the exact same thing as well, where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. so got the day job to, you know, help support this as well, do this, I want to go see shows. So seeing my friends and whatnot, seeing some family, yeah, that kind of took a hit a little bit. But one thing I always remember is, I remember what it was like to not have those things. And so do you. And mm. yeah, you know, I'm going to potentially be tired. I might be a little cranky at times because of how much energy I'm putting into some of these things. So I'm not getting the proper amount of sleep, not getting the proper amount of rest. But I take a look at like what I did in September of 2021, where it was like every single weekend I was see like I had a six week stretch where it was, okay, festival one week, festival over a thousand miles away the next week. Also, I'm traveling over the place the next two weeks because I can't stop mm. seeing that Ice Nine Kills tour. Go see Ice Nine Kills 100 miles south of me. Then all of a sudden go 100 miles north of me the next day because 
my buddy has a bachelor party, go to his wedding the next weekend, go to another show before another friend's wedding the pre- this the next week, break my finger in the middle of the show, continue to mosh because I don't want to miss out on this, and then go to his uh go to this, my friend's wedding, and all of a sudden it's like, well, why is your fing- pinky finger like half the size so- or twice the size of the other one? Well, it's broken, so what are you going to do about it? But I look back and I just think about all the fun times that I had and how happy I was because as I get older, I'm going to look back at that time and know I did not miss out on anything, that I did what I wanted to do, that I didn't take anything for granted. And I have some of the best memories that I have, especially coming out of a pandemic. Like, I don't want to miss out on that. I don't take it for granted. And especially with the way you said it, I know you don't as well. So especially going forward in 2022 and beyond, especially with the use of the hindsight notes, you're just going to appreciate every little aspect of it. And I feel like this is going to potentially be the best release that you guys ever have just due to that understanding of appreciation for everything. Definitely. I think, uh, of course, you know, commercially you never know, right, but it's looking better than the last, last records already. So uh, let's see, but you know, just in terms of our own satisfaction, uh, that's, we really feel like we've nothing, nothing left to prove. It's I'm sort of like, man, I hope you like it. I, uh, I, I'm, I've never been as, as content with something. No, there's always compromises, right? But at least like everything, we're really collaborative mm-hmm. in our process when we write. So even though someone might have the main idea, be the main songwriter, there's not, I would say most notes that's played on this album uh, has had uh, everyone's opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, heard about them at some point, right? And, uh, you know, our our singer has written you know 20 versions of the same verse or chorus with a lot of the songs because either he wasn't satisfied or someone gave gave him some feedback and, and you know we really we, we tried to take a you know say let our guard down a bit and just uh just agree that we can be honest and we can tell each other if, if stuff isn't good enough and then uh we know it's all because we want to do the best uh, the best we can as a collective right uh, Oh, absolutely. Well, how about we jump into some of these songs and talk about them a little bit, because there are some things like whenever I go through an album, I will always go through it as deep as I possibly can. First off, listen to the whole entire thing, then listen to each song, try and find the lyrics if I can. If not, listen as intently as I can to figure out what I think the mean is. Then I listen to each one. Probably it seems like six or seven times to figure out what I think about the instrumentals, the vocals, then wrap up and overall. So then I get a final thought of what I think of the whole entire album, put it all together. I'm looking at like a Microsoft Word document right now with uh, how, my, how like my notes. It's 19 pages long for this for this album alone. <laughs> so I did not want to skip on anything. And the first thing I want to do is like, okay, I'll take a look at the things I put as my my like what I really liked about this album. And I want to go to the sixth track on the album specifically oh, yeah. called Nostalgic because yeah. of course you look at the title of it. It's like okay, you know, everyone has such a strong feeling of nostalgia, especially as of late during the pandemic because always looking back at things that you remember, you know, from your younger years, maybe when you were a kid that always brought you joy and happiness. You always had that sort of different connection to it of always having a more positive feel around it. And I was listening to the song, the instrumentals stuck out to me for the specific of I'm listening to them. And it sounded like it was the most, you know, out of this album, the the track that was the most inspired by new metal. Oh, I haven't thought of that. I don't I mean I don't don't mind the comparison, uh, but new metal wise, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say we were conscious of it. Obviously, you know we have that age where we all uh, 
you know, started out with with Limp Bizkit, right, and then progressed to <laughs> to to other things that are more, you know, uh, uh, acceptable uh, uh, in the the metal community. Uh, but yeah, yeah, cool, man. That's that's new. But that's one of the ones where I I mentioned. I think there were twenty versions of both the 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 first and the second verse and and also the chorus our singer really you know because it's really heavy and it's really bouncy but we didn't want to do the uh, scream during the verse go overly poppy on the on the chorus right so and he it was just we really workshopped that one a lot man that's uh, but I'm I'm glad you like it it's one of my favorites uh, as I could easily tell there's a lot of work put in this but. Were the like just looking at the song the way that it like especially it's this it's called nostalgia. You take a look at the meaning. It's gonna really look in the whole entire idea of nostalgia. Yeah. But looking at when I was listening, like I could totally tell like it wasn't like a full conscious thing to really put in, like this whole new metal like interpretation there. But the all the instrumentals had this certain flow with new metal, and I'm not gonna lie, I was rather impressed by it for the fact that you take a look at. Take a look at new metal back, you know, the late '90s, early 2000s. It was the most popular genre of metal out there, with bands like mm-hmm. Disturbed, uh, Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, all over the place. All of a sudden, as you got into the mid 2000s, late 2000s, it really fell off, and it became sort of this thing where, oh, you like new metal? Oh, no, it's bad, kind of thing, and it mm-hmm. became less of an acceptable thing. All of a sudden, here comes 2021, which absolutely mm-hmm. amazed me with the fact that. Limp Biscuit was came out with a new album and people were psyched about it. They they had this whole entire headlining run. They only played, I think, five dates for it. And they had Spirit Box opening for them. And people wanted to go out and see Limp Biscuit. They headlined Lollapalooza in Chicago. They headlined Rockfest up in Wisconsin, a show I actually got to go and see. So I can say mm-hmm. I saw Limp Biscuit live. And you're seeing more new metal influences pop into different areas of you know different styles of metal, whether it's progressive metal, metalcore, yeah. head metal, whatever it might be. And I take a look at that and think people are kind of having more of this nostalgic look back at new metal yeah. and really remembering all the things they actually liked about it. And now it's kind of having this sort of rebirth because of that. Taking a look at how nostalgic is built, especially with having more of that flow in new metal, especially with mm-hmm. the way the guitars and the bass kind of chug, but not too heavily chug. The drums, you know, kind of have a more of like a quick little flair to them as well in the new metal mm-hmm. style. I was sitting here thinking, are you kidding me? Especially now hearing that you guys, you know, were writing this stuff and had it all pretty much completed in 2020 and then seeing how 2021 turned out, especially with the yeah. kind of the resurgence in your metal. Are you guys future tellers or something? Because my God, this one was the one that just stuck out to me the most in that aspect. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is fantastic. Well, I'm, I know I'm, I'll be happy to catch the nostalgia wave, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, to get get on get on that train if possible. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just the first time I've heard it, but it's you know it's cool. I uh, it, it it's good to hear that people can uh, can appreciate you know the the this different sort of nuts that are actually to all the all of the genres because you know we're pretty we can be pretty self-critical about what we want stuff to sound like and then the end uh, yeah it's, it's good to have it appreciated by uh, and interpreted in a completely different way by the others right but it's funny you mention it because it's actually if you look at the lyrics of the song this is uh, this is one of sort of the lighter subjects on the record uh, because yeah as i said before and this is you know it's all set with with love because it's it's where we come from the same scene but you know, uh, we are part of a really small 
metal scene here in Denmark, and it's leaning pretty conservative. You know, uh, no one's gonna yell at you if you play, you know, death metal or, or something more, you know, traditional. But if if you're sort of a weird band that might put a saxophone solo and stuff, <laughs> or have weird breakdowns in in odd time signatures, you get some quite uh, you can get some crude comments thrown your way every once in a while. Uh, and and it's basically we wrote this, and it's like how oh, we 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 finally wrote a proper metal song. So so the lyrics are basically about uh, try and ease ease up a bit. It's lighten up a bit. It's just music, right? Uh, hopefully it's good, but uh, you know, not getting too caught up on dark mass and genres uh, in that regard. So uh, so it's I mean it's personal, but it's it's on the lighter side of the the lyrical top topics. Uh, so that's where the title come, comes from. It's about, you know, it's so fair enough to be nostalgic and, and, you know, have preferences, but it's not life or death. <laughs> exactly. And like, even take a look at kind of like when I was making the connection with new metal as well, where again, everyone was taking it so seriously and like absolutely not liking it around, you know, let's say 2008, 2009, all of a sudden now it's got that resurgence and people are taking it less serious and enjoying it for what it's worth because Hell, look how many people like love Disturb. Look how many people love Slipknot. Take a look at all the people that came out to see Limp Biscuit. Now that Fred Durst is like 47, 48 years old and is looking like he's a full-on dad just going out there. It's funny yeah. to watch. I'm not going to lie, but you're seeing so, a lot of that come forward. And you're seeing a lot of that appreciation come forward. And it really kind of just makes sense, especially with this being more of like, especially lyrically, a lighter subject matter compared to the rest of the album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but and also know with, it's cyclical, right? So, like in in five years, it's there's going to be a huge nostalgia for, you know, the the machine head and of course Trivium and Machine Head are still around, but that sort of era of of bands like got really huge after new metal. Uh, of course, Machine Head started up a bit earlier, but you know what I mean. Like it's just going to be nostalgia for something else, right? So it's uh, yeah, just you know, enjoy what you enjoy. <laughs> And you're, well, even not only that, but like going to a different subgenre of rock, like you're taking a look at yeah. this massive nostalgia driven just resurgence of emo music over the past two to three oh, yeah. years. It's massive. And I'll put it this way it doesn't hurt with the return of My Chemical Romance. It does not hurt with that at mm. all. But I remember, you know, back, you know, 2006, 2007, I was going through middle school at the time. I remember how big it was. I remember how insane people were getting over it. All of a sudden, you know, my Chemical Romance kind of calls it quits around like 2012, 2013, and the whole entire thing mm -hmm. basically dies, and no one wants to even be associated with it. Now, mm -hmm. I go, there's times I'll go out here in my hometown, Milwaukee, and there's a thing called Sad Boy Saturday where a DJ will just show up at a bar and they play the alternative 2000s and emo's music all night. Mm -hmm. The place is packed all the time with people, and they're singing the words to every single song, just like they did back in 2006 and 2007. Mm -hmm. The nostalgia factor is so strong there, and it is very cyclical. So not going to lie, I'm, like, I'm looking forward to like, you know, 9, 10 years down the line, especially with that first real big boom of metalcore when that mm -hmm. nostalgia kicks in, because I'm not going to I absolutely love metalcore, so that's going to be something I'm ready for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll say that's sort of a genre that, you know, I was, as a teenager, I think I uh, I overdid it a little. <laughs> so I can't really li listen too much to a lot of that stuff. Uh, I still like Trivium, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Another song I do want to jump into, because you did yeah. mention it with um, the saxophone solo, because that was one yeah. thing that really, oh, yeah. the saxophone solo in no connection, because <laughs> I have heard bands 
put in saxophone solos in songs before. The most recent one I remember was the band Chunk No Captain Chunk on their album, Gone of the Good mm-hmm. Days, which came out in 2021 because I had Bert on the podcast. And he's like, there's a surprise for you on the album. And I listened to the whole entire thing. And that was the surprise. And mm-hmm. it is insane hearing how something like that can come up. So I have to ask, when it came to the saxophone solo, what was the idea behind putting it in No Connection? Because I'm, it I'm is sh- wacky. I'm so happy you ask. Uh, it was my idea, so that's uh, yeah. and I, I I fought for it. Uh, basically, um, the song was oh, that's the whole story of you know we wrote the song, spent a lot of time with that, and that was the the exact same structure, uh, but uh, without the solo. So there was like a, sh- a break, and there was there was like a big you know boomy um, boomy part before it goes back to the chorus. Um, and I just kept hearing a solo of sorts, and I really, uh, I, I've enjoyed a few uh, more proggy records. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Isan, the Emperor frontman, he did a, a record with a lot of saxophone on it. But it's not really. I didn't want to make it too, you know, fusiony. I, I rather, I wanted something that was, you know, a, a bit over the top uh, and a little, little fun. But still, you know, good. So I just had that. That it, I just heard mentally, you know, like a, with just riding that break, that there needed to be some like crazy run, and then end, and then ending up in like a big, you know, drawn out, uh, really joyous saxophone solo. Because it is, it's sort of winking at you a little bit. It's it's a little little tongue in cheek, but you know, it's you know, it fucking works. And then, but I really fought for that. And we found a really good session guy, and uh, we took him to the studios. There were uh, to the studio. There were three of us from the band and the the engineer there, and he just nailed one take of it. And I actually I have the recording somewhere where the 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 um, the, the the cameras in the control room with him, so you can just barely hear some background noise. Otherwise, is it's all the uh, it's only the saxophone here, right? So he, he nails like the first take and then you can just far away in the background from the control room hear all of us just going, <laughs> just laughing and high-fiving because it was just, it just fucking worked at the first. I think he did three takes and then he had the solo as you heard on the album with a few overdubs. And, and that was, yeah, it, I'm glad, I'm glad it came out that way. <laughs> no, I, after listening to the song too, because it was, like when I went through my list, like well, wow, like about them, this was the first thing that I put on the list. And looking at the song and no connection, mm-hmm. right from the get go, it's like you're looking at like kind of, especially as I went through the lyrics myself, you know, mm-hmm. kind of looking at this disconnection that we're having with people with each other due to the fact mm-hmm. that you know, take a look at what things happened over the past years, but everything that led up to it, so much interaction has been taking place online instead of in person, where you're not mm-hmm. getting the full interaction from people. Because I believe the saying is sixty percent of what you're saying is based on just the, your by language and 30% of what you're saying mm-hmm. is based on your tone. So only 10% of what you're actually saying is from the words coming out of your mouth. And we're missing that full on connection. So a lot of this different personal connection, all these different intimate connections we might be making with people to build relationships with them is just not there anymore. And when mm-hmm. I took a look at this, you know, I got to go to the bridge because you maintain the pace that you had in the chorus with a similar style of backing with a piano kind of added over it. And I'm like, okay, this is a little interesting with the piano because now I'm kind of starting to like not really make a full connection here. 
And then all of a sudden, this smooth transition into the saxophone solo. I was like thinking, as I wrote here, that solo was something that really stood out in the song to me because it, it you're not expecting it. It shows so much kind of this like part of disconnect in the song, but you're not expecting it. So that's where the disconnect comes from. And it fits so well in with the theme. And sometimes those surprises that in the songs that you've been waiting for, sometimes they turn out fantastic. And this was one that, you know, when I think about this album, when I think about it, one of the highlights I think about is that saxophone solo because it doesn't seem like it's going to make sense. But when you listen to it, it's placed in there so perfectly within the flow of the song to make everything make sense from this feeling of disconnection with people because you're not expecting it. All of a sudden, here it comes. It's like, wait, what? I was like, that. where's the connection in this? It's right there in front of you. It makes total sense to me, especially listening through it, listening to the emotions of the instrumentals. It's so damn powerful of a solo to have in there that People, I mean, the song is one of the singles from the album as well, so people can go and listen yeah. to it right now, but I don't want to spoil, like, the whole entire thing of the solo because, you know, it's awesome. Just go and listen to it. Listen to the whole song and just enjoy the saxophone solo when it comes in because, ooh, is it going to take you on a ride? Yeah, glad, man. I just, yeah, I just, uh, I just get a big, big dumb smile on my face uh, that one. I wonder what, how are you guys going to pull this off when you play it live, though? Uh... I think on occasions where there's a budget and it makes sense, we'll bring out a guy. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be either backing track or without it, because, you know, we'd love to. But we always, if you listen to the album, right, we have so many session people on there. I think I counted 15 or something. So we'll need uh, we'll need an orchestra to do it properly, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's not fun uh, to do too much backing stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to... We'll try and do it... So it doesn't come off too cheesy with backing tracks. And then when there's a budget, we'll hire someone to come out and just, just do the solo. Uh, I would say out of all the, because I totally understand the fact that you had a lot of people working in like a session musicians to help you out with this. And I do understand the fact that when it comes to a live set, you want to make it as real as possible and use the least amount of backing tracks. But sometimes using those backing tracks to make sure you make the full feel of that live show possible, you're going to have to do it. And you're not going to be able to have the budget to bring a full-on orchestra out to help you out here. But I will say with the saxophones, if a couple of times, maybe use it as a special thing where on a show that, you know, okay, we sold out this show or on a show where you really feel like you're going to get the most, you know, notoriety off of a really special show that's when you bring in someone to actually play that solo live. Cause it just from a, from a fan's perspective as well. And you can probably put yourself in my shoes as well. If I'm in the crowd and all of a sudden I'm enjoying the song and I know the saxophone solo is coming up and then out comes someone with a saxophone and they play the full solo. Mm -hmm. That's just going to be something that when I go home from that show and I wake up the next day and I'm thinking about the show, that's going to be the thing that sticks out in my head. The most is going to be the fact that there was, Somebody that came out and played that saxophone solo live and just made that song so much more impactful because we got to feel the actual presence of it in a live setting. Yeah, definitely. I'll be a huge fan of that. Uh, but I, I want to do as much as possible of that. I almost, of course, you have to care a little bit about the financial right, but I almost don't care if we make money. Like I want to bring... <laughs> I want to bring, you know, a piano player as well and a synth guy if we can, because, you know, we're just the four guys in the band. So obviously anyone else is there on a session basis. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But, but, but we'll, uh, that's a huge ambition of us to put on, on some more special shows because it also, you know, it's it's fun. I like the, 
I'm not a huge fan of recording normally, but this record was different because we brought in so many people and we were so much in control still. Just like the, we sort of had the four of us that were sort of like the creative core of the band, and we're in charge. We we decide, but we wanna we wanted to sound good, right? And we if we get an idea, we don't wanna be limited just by the the skills that we have we want to bring in so we we want to bring in someone that can actually bring it to life so we had sort of a dogma that were uh, that were that you know there's a lot of synths on the record but anything that is supposed to be an analog instrument actually th- that was played by a person so you know the piano is played by a pianist. The cello is played by a cellist. The violins by a violinist. There's a trumpet in there as well, and uh, the yeah, obviously a choir. Uh, it's hard to replicate with with MIDI. <laughs> uh, so so we had to bring in that as well. Uh, so yeah, I was really it was a lot of work, but uh, I, I just love the whole collaborative aspect of it, and I was also just getting to getting to play with people that are better than us, right? Because <laughs> all of the session musicians could play their instruments way better than any of us could play ours. So uh, that's all, always a good occasion to, to, to be, to be humbled a bit. Honestly, there is one thing you said in there that sticks out to me the most. And it's something that I think a lot of musicians and pretty much anybody that does, if you're working on something you're passionate about, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, what you said in there was when you guys have an idea you're going to make the idea happen. You're not going to let it be, you're not going to let anything restrict you from making it happen. So when it comes to, you know, wanting to add the piano in there, add the violin, the cello, and of course they're adding the saxophone solo in there. You have an idea for it and you want to make it happen, but you're just four guys and none of you have played any of those instruments, but you mm-hmm. want to put it in there. You're going to find a way to make sure that that happens so that when you play that, when you play that song on the record and all of a sudden when it comes down to live setting, you know, those parts are in there, whether, especially in live setting, mm-hmm. if you're going to end up having someone come and play it live or if you're going to have to play it as a backing track, whatever it might be, but you're going to want to make that song work the way you want it to work. You're not going to let mm-hmm. any restriction be put in place because, oh, I'm just not the person that's going to be able to play saxophone. Well, go out and find someone that can and make what you want to have happen. Make that happen. Don't be sitting on the sidelines just because, oh, we weren't sure if we could make this happen or not. No, 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 no go for it. Why not go for it? Because what the, the, the worst thing that can happen is you try it and it doesn't work, but at least you know mm-hmm. that it doesn't work. If you try it and it works, oh man, now you've got a saxophone solo in there and it's freaking awesome. But if you don't try it all, you're always going to end up wondering why would it have worked? I don't know, but you're always going to have that wonderment. And trust me, the wondering and not knowing is worse than knowing yeah. if it's going to be a no or a yes. Yeah. And I would say in a, a, uh, a small add to that from my side would be to, to try it, but also would be to go all in. Just like, don't just get anyone that to play a saxophone solo. The guy we got, he was like a he's like a professional who does he does jazz gigs. He plays with plays with huge pop artists here in Denmark. Like the guy we got to mix is like the leading Danish metal producer. He's mixed a ton of and produced a ton of huge bands. So I was like, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend a year and a half writing something we think is cool and then compromise on the product, right? Then we'd rather just not do it. Uh, so that was sort of a guiding principle. And it, you know it, it drove up the budget, but we'll 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 see how we how we get out of that with the release, right? 
No, absolutely. And I, I think the best way to probably put that is do not compromise on quality. If you no, want to make no. it, if you want to make it, make it the best that you can. If you know with that saxophone solo, don't get any person that's going to play a saxophone. Get someone who's going to absolutely no. nail it so it comes out the exact way that you want it to come out. Make it happen that way. Don't sit back and just think, oh, you know, we can find someone to make it happen. No, 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 no. If you want to make it happen, go all in and make it happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that was sort of the mantra. Absolutely. The one other song I do want to bring up is the third song on the uh, record called Verism because yeah. only reason I want to bring that up is because out of all the songs that I heard on the album, Verism is without a doubt my favorite. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, actually, oh, I wouldn't say it's not technically the oldest song, but like the, the theme on it, you know, the main theme is like 10 years old, I think. Uh, our, our guitarist, I think he was on vacation in Iceland or something when he wrote that. Uh, and he just, he's had it lying around forever, sort of the main part of, you know, the, the, the verse and the chorus. And we finally, you know, we finally finished it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. I'm I'm really happy with that. He's I think he's a little overly uh, critical of his own stuff sometimes. So he was just yeah, he was sitting on it, wasn't too sure it was good enough. But yeah, you know, it ended up being a single, and I would say for for good reason, right? Oh, absolutely for good reason. I think potentially even wait like kind of being critical for it that long and just kind of waiting on it for you guys to finally put it together. There were certain aspects that I pulled out of the song that really opened up in a very interesting way that had you guys had it like, you know, with your guitarist put, basically creating this thing 10 years ago and then being over critical about it, and then you guys finally put it out now. Within those 10 years, there were some aspects and influences that I was able to pick up on that really made this song flow as well as it did and make it even more powerful as it did. Because I even start out with the opening of the song, especially in the intro. There's some deeper mm -hmm. cosmic electronics, similar to the openings of songs like Losing My Mind and Losing My Life by Falling in Reverse, which is a weird combination mm -hmm. to throw in for you guys like to kind of like pique my interest on this. But I, I was like, I'm curious to see where you're going with this because that electronic and futuristic tone of the song has me thinking that this might be more on the opposite given this grander, heroic, more uh, feel to deal with you know, on the future. And not just like the simplicity of everyday life. Because I did look up what Verism meant to also make sure I could understand what was going on here. And it's kind of like, because yeah. I looked at it with Verism, it's putting more of a focus on the everyday and just like the what's going on instead of just the heroic, the grand. So kind of enjoying the little things in life and making sure that that is a thing. So I'm like, this is kind of a weird thing where all of a sudden I'm looking towards the future. It feels like a more grand thing. So where is this kind of coming in? All of a sudden... You get to the verses. The song has this deeper bass line. Guitars are featured with those futures electronics over the top of the song. All the while, drums are in the back playing with kind of this filling sound. Good amount of double kicks on those fill. And I do really like how the instrumentals played out because all of a sudden, it felt similar to, and I'm going to throw another name there, Light the Torch. Felt similar to that to me as a way to recenter us, reminding the simple things in everyday life and not taking those little things for granted as we go on. Well, that was a... a, a I think a more comprehensive analysis uh, analysis than I than I've done even, but yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that. You mentioned Limbiscuit uh, earlier. That I will say honestly, the first verse when the drums come comes in, that was me very very consciously trying to sound a little like John Otto. I even you know tuned up my snare a bit in the in the studio to get a to get a little bit more more of that that crack. <laughs> but yeah, but that was actually you mentioned the the synths right and. Uh, 
that was a big part of, you know, again, work with the best, right? Because we can, we wrote all the stuff and all the synths, but then we got in a guy called Ole. He was from, he was in a really successful pub act here in Denmark. He's a producer now, but we got him, we gave him all the synths we've written as MIDI and he, he, he has this whole setup with all these crazy synths. And so we got him to produce the whole stuff uh, or the whole thing. He also did the previous record. And it was just a completely different, uh, you know, beast when we got it back. Uh, so that I think that really the the production really sort of gave it new life. Uh, the ideas there, uh, I'll say. Oh, I, and honestly, it totally worked out in your favor on this one as yeah. well. Because especially with Verism, the biggest thing that I liked about the song overall was mm-hmm. how every piece flowed together and bringing some of those mm-hmm. synths helped every piece kind of have this more connective feel so then the more the instrumentals coming from you guys you know the drums the bass the guitars mm-hmm. they had a little bit more of a pop to them but mm-hmm. everything felt like it went from one piece to the next so fluidly because mm-hmm. even get to the chorus i kind of got that light the torch influence again to really come through mm-hmm. with your drumming style and with the bass line keeping up kind of a little more faster filling sound in the background, mm-hmm. but the guitar is filling out the rest section to create something more grand and ever growing in terms of mm-hmm. overall feel was something that I really had. Cause you get to understand the fullness of your mind here. When you find that balance of both understanding, you know, where you want to go forward and finding those grand things and looking at them, but also enjoying mm-hmm. the little things in life. We're seeing that connection through the flow here and the balance being made, especially in the chorus. So the only two words I can put to the end of that are just well done. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, the chorus is definitely. Uh, I wouldn't say they they improved necessarily. Oh, they improved as well, but they got bigger <laughs> on this record. I feel. Uh, oh, they definitely did get bigger. And if if your singer was here, I'd tell him on this song that his vocal style it kind of reminded me a mix of both Howard Jones from Light Torch, Sammy Hagar from Van Halen with a Danish yeah. accent. I don't know how it just all flowed together, but. <laughs> It just stood out. So I love the mix on it because you get this hard rock meets progressive metal meets light the torch inspiration of the song. Gives Mm -hmm. us this growing emotion that we're not necessarily in balance with looking at the future and enjoying the little things in life. Just we're not in that balance. And if we're going to want to be happy, we have to find that balance. And the chorus, Mm -hmm. again, with how everything flows and hear a little more of a powerful vocal style from him in more melodic sense from the backing. Oh, dear God. It just hits on the notion that we're missing out on that. And we have to focus, you know, on potentially some of the bigger and the heroic stuff, but also focus on the everyday stuff as well. So we find that balance. So we don't get lost in the shuffle and we don't completely lose ourselves from that center most like kind of Zen point in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> again, uh, ha- hadn't uh, done the full analysis of how the lyrics combine with that, but I'm glad it makes sense to you, man. That's uh, I'm very, really happy with how the track turned out. It was also really, I would say that's one of the, you know, he, he obviously came in with the main idea, but that was also one of the tracks where we were quite collaborative in terms of everyone has spent quite a bit of time writing on the, on that track from the, based on, on like the, the core idea. Uh, so it was a t- team effort. Oh, absolute team effort and a team effort that I think once it comes out, Again, there are going to be people that like some of the heavier stuff that are going to look at this and be like, oh, you know, there might not be as much heavier parts in here. But trust me, there are some parts where all of a sudden they bring the heaviness, they bring some of the unclean vocals. And when they do, you're Mm -hmm. just going to be sitting there thinking they needed to put that in there and it works and it works. 
Yeah, I feel the same. I come from sort of a uh, more of a death metal background uh, with the previous bands I've played in. So when I joined this band, it was just like, oh, it was so refreshing to work with someone that could actually sing, <laughs> you know, with the whole whole dynamic range. And I've actually been pushing pushing for for Johanna Singer to 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 scream less. Uh, even though the music I listen to a lot of the time is quite a bit heavier than, than what we do. But it's sort of like, I feel like if you have that dynamic range, then the, the, the heavy parts, the, the screaming or shouting parts, they, they pack more of a punch, right? If they're, uh, if you know, they're there for a reason and not just because that's, that's the only thing you have to, that's the only, uh, that's the only tool in your tool belt. Right. That's a, uh, exactly because yeah. if, if that's the only tool in your tool belt then you know you're going to be potentially very good at it but it's going to limit you in terms of where you can go further than that and sometimes yeah. you know there are people that only have that one tool in their tool belt and they make the most of it which is totally fine you just have to find the right balance for yourself and for the band yeah. that you're working with i mean like you know Mishuga is one of i think they're the best band in the universe right and they're sort of like they're the best example of you know they have sort of a it's a weird they're so innovative, it's a weird way to use, but they have sort of a limited set of colors that they paint with. And, you know, in that case, that limitation brings a lot of creativity because they're constantly reinventing themselves. But I would say in, in my case, I just enjoy with this band that we can do, we can span so, yeah, we, we, we can span across so many uh, dynamic uh, levels of expression right there's like a quiet almost ballads that's uh i don't think there's blast beats on this record actually that comes comes to think of it there yeah i don't think you put ones. any in there i don't think you put yeah. any blast beats in there for this one but uh yeah we had blast beats previously but uh and i i, I miss playing them so maybe maybe we should write some more but uh <laughs> but you can always throw them in there and then before we before i kind of bring this whole entire album thing to a close because you're talking about Meshuggah one other band that comes to mind with that is Breaking Benjamin where if I listen to a Breaking Benjamin record of course I mean it's a Breaking Benjamin record and I feel like they kind of paint with more of a limited color palette to really just full-on force like their get their message out there but Mm -hmm. it comes to a point where sometimes even if you have more of a limited range where you can go with if you can just focus on the range and make it the best possible you can go so much further than you could ever imagine with it all depends upon what you work with and how good you are working with it if you want if you have so many different other you know aspects or different influences in your arsenal that you can put in your music by all means do it and all of a sudden then we get a sax solo in there out of nowhere and it absolutely mm-hmm. works it all depends upon what you want to make as a musician and how you're able to portray the message that you want to portray in your music through the vocals through the instrumentals and through the combination of the two mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's why limit yourself, right? That's uh, or at least you know it's it's about being comfortable in what you're expressing and what you're creating with. Because uh, you know, I've I've I did some I did some live drums this year. Uh, as I mentioned, one of them was for some friends of ours called Cabal, uh, which is like a really dark, really heavy, groovy sort of deathcore band, um, and it was just so much fun getting to play that because that's sort of like in terms of dynamics it's all it's all pretty brutal uh it's not super fast stuff but it's just you know really heavy really slamming and you know it's 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 fun to play around with sort of more of a limited uh 
yeah, again, level of, 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 of freedom in some some cases, because you, you can't, I can't get away with the stuff there that I can with Codelife Navigators. <laughs> but uh, uh, in terms of, of, you know, this is, this is, of course, this is our baby, our project, our, our pride and joy, right? We just, we, we feel like we want to, we want to show off all our, all our good ideas. And, you know, our ideas, they, they vary. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> We, we we were not thinking in the same uh, in the same lane all the time, right? No, oh, absolutely. If you guys are all thinking the same lane, you're gonna get the same stuff over and over again. You guys yeah. think in completely different lanes, we're gonna get something like this. So, yeah. when it comes to the hindsight notes by Coldplay for Alligators, which comes out again on February fourth, if I had to wrap it up and put it all together, you know, press release style, this is how I would put it for all of you. When it comes to Coldplay for Alligators being a progressive metal band with more of a forward-thinking approach, they open themselves up to incorporating many different styles of alternative indie rock, metal rock, whatever you want to say of it, into their personal music. And on the hindsight notes, we definitely got that. They're able to use more electronics and a more softer tone on their instrumentals to create this idea of realization around what we have all gone through, even in the past years, even before the pandemic, to make us think of why we are this way, what made us think this way, and how do we go forward to fix it and grow from it. Johan's vocals also soared alongside of this, really bringing a mixture of energy and weightlessness to add to that realization aspect of the meaning of the album. The sax solo on No Connection stands out as a major plus for the album to show how the band can experiment with this forward-thinking style and allow it to soar. Verism flows so perfectly for you to remember what I say is Zombieland, rule number 32, and enjoy the little things in life. Focusing on what could potentially be, not personally, but they actually did it, a kind of more of a new metal inspiration for nostalgic, works so well to connect us to why we miss the old, but why we can't focus on it too much. However, a lesser focus on some of the more metal aspects and the heavier aspects with unclean vocals attached to this makes them one more to ponder and that you can potentially have to take action against. However, we do get some of those points in there, so you are going to get a lot from this record that you might not potentially you know, ever expect. You're going to want to check this one out. And if I had to make a little statement of, if you if you liked the most recent, the plot new album, Swan Songs, check out the hindsight notes. This is going to be one where you're going to be able to see that ever-growing style, ever-growing connection. So if you like Swan Songs by the plot new, check out the hindsight notes by Cold Night for Alligators. That is the perfect one, comparison. And I'm not going to lie, I probably thought that comparison maybe two minutes ago. I, I just noted them down, so I'll check them out. I'm actually not familiar. <laughs> it's, so I'll, it, I'll go I'll, the other way. Yeah, just give it a. Yeah. I might. I'll put it with they with this way. Uh, Swan songs. It's like because I'm. I remember listening to Plot and you and I had Landon, their lead singer, on the podcast. We talked mm-hmm. about that album. I'm like, I'm seeing some different things come in here. He's like, well, I'm just trying to experiment with new things that I kind of find cool and just see what happens in there with his more, you know, somewhat more kind of like partially progressive but more metal core style approach and. When I was listening to this one and kind of talk about it, all of a sudden my mind just kept going back to Swan Song, Swan Song. I'm like, okay, let's go back to let's see what you know the plot you had. And all of a sudden, now I'm thinking about I'm like, this is the perfect comparison. So if people and I know people really like that album from 2021. So if you like that album, why not try out the hindsight notes by Cold Night for Alligators? I think it's a great transition, and I think it's a great way to continue on. Also, get into Cold Night for Alligators as well, so that when they are able to tour if you're in Europe or if they do want to come over to the U.S. Or if you want to be like oh, me yeah. and travel over to Europe and see a bunch of these bands as well, this is one to check out. Oh, thanks for the recommendation, man. Solid stuff. Oh, you're so, very you're very welcome. Well, uh, Nikolai, as we close out this podcast, one thing I'd like to do with my guests is give you a chance to say anything you want to say. 
promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, Nikolai, you're well, up. Thank you, very, thank you very much, Kevin. Yeah, uh, to all the listeners, thanks. for If you're still listening, thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. I hope you'll enjoy the album. It's something we're really proud of, something we worked hard for. We didn't compromise during it. And uh, we're pretty content. But, of course, if it can bring something to you, we'd love to love you for you to give it a shot. We're on all the uh, the usual suspects CNFA band on social medias, and uh, we keep, of course, uh, everyone updated with tour dates and stuff like that. So you can check us out there. Uh, that's uh, I think the long and short of it. Long and short of it, perfect. Now it's time for me to end the podcast with three very specific things. First things first. When it comes to Cold Night for Alligators, yeah, you're going to want to end up checking out the Hindsight Notes again when it comes out on February 4th. You want to check out the rest of their music catalog as well. You're going to want to follow along with them on all the usual suspects of social media on YouTube. You're going to want to be able to stream them, buy them, check them out online, buy some merch, and be able to know when tour dates are coming your way. So you're going to want to follow on all those platforms, right, and check them out. But you're not going to want to have to go and search up every individual one. You're going to want a place where you can just go and take a look at a bunch of different links and just click on them. It's like, okay, this link will take me here. I'll follow them there. You're going to want it as easy as possible, right? So take a look at the description of the podcast, whether you're watching YouTube or listening on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, or Amazon. You're going to see something that says, Find Cold Night for Alligators Online, and every single link that I can find for the band, social media-wise, YouTube-wise, streaming-wise, merch-wise, whatever it might be, will be in the description so you have an easy easy time following along with cold night for alligators now nikolai time for number two which is every time i have a guest on the podcast that i absolutely enjoy having on the podcast i tend to make a certain promise because i love that you guys i love to always you know have you guys on again and i want to make a promise to show how much i appreciate it so this happens 100 percent of the time and you sir you sir are continuing the trend so the promise is not an if not an if if implies it might not happen I say when, because it implies it's going to happen. We're just not sure the time yet. So when I get to see Cold Night for Alligators perform live for the first time, my promise to you, sir, is first round's on me. Sounds good. Always happy to hear that. That's, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and see if we can't make that happen soon. Then, uh, then when, when the world uh, comes to its senses again, right? That's... Uh, That'll be cool. <laughs> I'll say this. It'll either happen over here in the U.S. or I'll travel over to Europe and see you guys. It'll be one or the other. Oh, definitely. That sounds so good. Yeah, we'd love to, you know, for, for a band from where we're from, getting to, to the U.S., man, that would be, uh, yeah, I think for most bands, it doesn't even have to be a good tour just to try it. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, we'd love to. I've been there, but never with the band. So, uh, yeah. We're going to sure, we're gonna have to make sure you get over here with the band then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a huge dream of ours. Well, we're going to help make it happen. So on that note, Nikolai, I will not end this podcast by saying goodbye because I would love to have you on the podcast again in the future, along with the fact that I have to make good on that promise, whether it's mm-hmm. going to be over here in the U.S. when you guys come in tour over here or whenever I get a chance to go back over to Europe and just start bouncing around seeing as many shows as possible and end up finding you guys at a show and just going to it. So anyway, mm-hmm. this is a goodbye. Hell no, that's way too final. We're going to end it with See you later. See you later.
Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Nikolai from the band Cold Night for Alligators out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Again, when it comes to making sure you check out the Hindsight Notes, which comes out on February 4th, thanks to Rising Empire Records, you're going to want to make sure you know all about it. So you're going to want to follow the band on social media. Check out their YouTube videos. They got four videos out for this album already before the release is out. You can also check them out, you know, on tour when they go on tour. You want to keep up with the, uh, with the uh, keep up with those tour dates. There's me with my tongue tiedness. Uh, tongue tied. So you're not going to want to miss out on them. You're not going to miss out when they go on tour. So to make sure you stay in line with them, make sure you stay in the know with them. Be sure to look at the description of the podcast. They're going to see something that says "Find Cold Night for Alligators Online." Links, labels, everything to follow along with them. Stream their music, buy their music, download their music. Check them out a live show. Buy some merch is there for you. So please go check it out. Please remember to follow the Chord Progression Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, because we have a lot of great content on all those platforms. We have a lot of great, you know, fun, wacky, meme-like preview videos for all of these podcasts. We post on all those places. And also you can check out the podcast on Spotify, a podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon if you want to do the audio version. Video version to actually watch the artists talk with us. That's what YouTube is for. And I want to thank our sponsors, Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts. The links and uh, discount codes for those sponsors are in the description of the podcast for you as well. I want to thank Nikolai for coming on the podcast, the first band I ever got to speak to from Denmark. And I hope it's not the last time I can speak with a band from Denmark, nor do I hope it's the last time I can speak to Nikolai because I'd love to have him on again. And I love bringing you guys new music. And in 2022, we're going to make it bigger, better, and even crazier. And of course, Heck, look who we started out with already in 2022. Nonpoint, New Medicine, Cold Night for Alligators. Who's going to be next? More greatness, I'll tell you that. So on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's up to the big, healthy, and hearty. See?